This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Lenovo. See more at Lenovo.com. Hey everybody, this is the PC Perspective Podcast, episode 396, being recorded on April 20th, 2016. I'm Ryan Schrapp. I'm Jeremy Hillstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malventano. Uh, if you feel the need to make a 420 joke, please do so now so we can get it out of the way. Blaze it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, does one. Anybody else? I, I thought the uh the what the sweet meteor of death says everybody should get stoned today. What's I thought that, that was amusing. The Twitter. Oh, you didn't see okay. That? No, I, did, I no, don't follow I that on that Twitter. One. No. Yeah. Hey, but but hilarious nonetheless. Hilarious. I laughed, I cried. Uh <laughs> Thanks for joining, everybody. Uh, we do record the show on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at PCPar.com slash live. If you need a reminder, you can go to PCPar.com slash subscribe, and you will get uh, this little handy page here that asks for your name and email address. We send you an email a couple of hours beforehand in an attempt to, I don't know, remind you of our live events, et cetera, et cetera, things of that nature. Uh, so we've got that going for you if you want to do that. And also, just another reminder, if you go to pcpro.com slash podcast, you can find all the back episodes, all the ways that we can uh, you can subscribe to us and that type of stuff as well. Also worth noting, actually, I'll, uh, I'll take this out here. Go to pcpro.com slash podcast, the very URL that I told you to visit, and demonstrate that you can actually get our podcast on the Google Play Store now. If you're looking for a different way to subscribe, maybe you don't want to use iTunes and God love you. Um, maybe you, uh, you know, I only watch it through QuickTime on windows 10. (laughs) Yeah. That's the same way I do it. Uh, but if you have an Android device, you can now subscribe to our audio version. The video version is approved, but, um, it didn't go up or anything yet. But if you go to pcpro.com slash podcast, you can get a link to our Google play store, uh, RSS subscription fee, whatever you want to call it. You subscribe that way through your tablet or phone device, uh, what have you. Um, I'd like to point out, before we get started here, Alan, do you see this little connector? I do. Do you see how it's like bent? Oh, it doesn't look happy. That does that. What connector does that remind you of? Uh, Ken's um, Apple uh, thing. Ken's All lightning Apple lightning what? connectors. Why is it Ken's cable? <laughs> Listen, I, I don't know what it is. Like Ken, uh, even my wife. Like, they all, all do that. No, yeah, they're all awful cables. I, I have like three of those cables that I use, and not a single one is like, yeah. Well, messed you're, up. you're funny then. I don't. Every cable, lightning cable, ever. Tries to break at the end of at the end of the plastic because there's yeah. no reinforcement. There's no reinforcement, and you've got sharp edges all the way around it. And it just goes it's from stupid. Hard and this edge, is not a lightning connector. Like it, this is a Type C connector. It has no cable relief. Right? Yeah. So make Why your cable do better. such a thing. Anchor actually makes a pretty good lightning cable. A N K E R. Yeah, the the charger yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah, they make a a pretty good. You still got to pay like ten bucks for like the Apple Tax thing or whatever. But of course you do. Yeah. Uh, also, another reminder here for our uh, Patreon as well, pcper. No, patreon.com slash pcper. <laughs> you can make the other one work. I could, yeah, and then I, I would be able to figure that out. So if you go here, you can uh, become one of our, our monthly contributors to PC Perspective. Uh, uh, as, as we have done in past weeks, if you make a contribution or increase your contribution during the live stream, I will mention your name, however stupid you make it or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think I got I got taken on one of them last last week. It was pretty funny. Totally worth it. Um, so you go through you go through this. You can help us hit some milestones. If we hit the three thousand dollar month goal, we'll do our uh, uh, what is it the um, 
mailbag type yes. show where we answer a bunch of questions about uh, technology and computers in your personal life uh, on a once a week basis as well. And I really think everybody really, really, really wants Josh to talk about personal life questions. Is that also included in the $3,000? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As part of the mailbag, like you can send tech questions or non-tech questions and we'll answer them. Okay. Uh, the non-tech Josh questions. Tech. Uh, because you know what? Yes. The non-tech questions go to Josh Tech. Right? Everybody, everybody needs a warning sign of what not to do. This is true, yeah. right? And that's, that's as good a start. That's as good a start as any. All right. Um, also worth uh, noting here as well, as I look through, it looks like I lost a page out of here. Um, the... If our audio sounds different or better or worse, I guess that's possibly a thing we're doing on purpose. We have a, a compressor in line, so we're trying to keep – basically, this is to try to keep Josh's volume in check when he gets really excited about process technology. Yeah. We're it trying should, to bring him down it a should, level. It should keep all of us – ideally, all of us should be a little easier to hear when we're being quiet. Like mm-hmm. if you're yeah. in your car, you, don't have to, you shouldn't have to readjust the volume as much as the different people are talking and right. whatnot. And uh, and when people get loud, they shouldn't get that much louder. Just their voice should sound like it's la, louder. La, 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 yeah. la. Just, just not actually louder. La, um, la, 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 la. And when none of us are talking, it should pretty much go like dead silent. Like nobody's so background super noise. exciting for a podcast. And well, hush fell over the cl- crowd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when there's dead air, it's it's a, it should totally, really, totally really, really be dead <laughs> really air. didn't follow it at all. Yeah, I know. He, he didn't pass great school. I just let it go. I just Whoosh. Uh, so anyway, we'll go on to our content here. We've got a couple of quick things. Hey, up hey, I, I do have a quick question. Oh, yes, sir. So uh, whenever you guys have gone to Texas, have any of you been to Torchy's Tacos? Yep. Nope. Yeah. There was one by, There was one pretty close to me when I lived in Austin. Wow, that was that, – I, I, I experienced that in my trip this last week, and boy, they have great breakfast. Uh, yeah, they have great – some things. I assume you said breakfast tacos? Breakfast, breakfast tacos. tacos. Yeah. Uh, actually, I don't think I ever went there for breakfast. I always went there for drunk. Um, <laughs> which is after dinner. <laughs> kind of a full bar. And it could happen at breakfast time, but well, it's definitely not Well, breakfast. they do serve alcohol at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I tried to retain my drunk to not at 10 o'clock in the morning. But. <laughs> anyway, just, yeah. just as an aside, because... It is really good. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Qdoba up here did something uh, recently to try to emulate that where it's like you can get I think they have 10 different named tacos right soft shell tacos that that have like specific ingredients yeah like which I actually prefer and- I prefer to some like don't give me an unlimited selection of things right that I can put on it because I will almost always get the same thing mm-hmm. right give me 10 different options and I will try all 10 of them Right, like with like pre-configured like oh, oh, tacos, oh, oh. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm not talking like bean beef burrito supreme and crap like that, right? Mm. I want actual <laughs> Uncle Taco Jose's Bell, Taco uh, Bell on the way home. It sounds like toilet ripper. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that one. I would. I had Taco Bell today, and I feel like that. I've lost two years off my. Yes, Qdoba is uh, the equivalent of a Chipotle. Um, but I like it better than Chipotle. It has a little bit more options, including those new tacos. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Qdoba. It is not, actually. Should have had Qdoba for dinner. Uh, let's talk about a couple of real quick uh, items on the front of our list here, starting with the Fantex Eclipse P400S Silent Edition Mid-Tower Case. Lee wrote this review up for us this week. Um, it is available in some different configurations. You can see you've got uh, different colors. 
you've got windowed and not windowed. There's little LED lights on the on the front of them. This is I'm sorry, it's satin black, glacier white, and anthracite gray. Yeah, anthracite. Well, correct, sir. Anthracite is a what is gray. An, what is an anthracite? It's a mineral. type of stone mineral. It's a mineral, mm, but so it's not an well, animal. Yeah, oh. no, it's not edible. Uh, well, I mean, it's not a tumor. That's those are all these are all good things. Uh, so Lee put this review for uh, up for us. If you want to take a look at that, it seems like a pretty decent mid tower case. Again, there are a billion of these. The one we got is the non windowed satin black. You can tell from the. Uh, matte finish on the side panel there. No, no as glare. Compared to piano black. Yes, otherwise known as fingerprint black. Um, seems like a decent chassis. Uh, lighted power button. Color changes with the LED lighting. That's actually kind of neat, right? As you change the LED colors, the power button color changes. Um, it's. I like the angles and the edging at the top. Uh, this is obviously this is not a photo. He took this is more of a rendering. It kind of makes it stand out a little bit better. Um, but. Uh, Looks like it's got sound dampening material at the top the, uh, and the side panels. Um, and because you don't have a window, it actually they can apply that to all four sides of the case, which is a significant advantage. It still, it still has one of those rear yep. release filters for the power supply that I wish would die. I think you're just going to have to give it up. I think it's the way it's You don't think be. anybody's ever going to fix it? doesn't seem like it, it. Am I the only one that has that problem? You don't like the filter no. in the back? Not in the back because like if your computer it's against is the against the wall, yeah. right? Like, like then you have to move your case or to in, remove the filter, or in one of those you know kind of hutch desks where it's actually yeah. like in or even a if thing. it's just sitting on the top of your desk, you scoot it to the back. Because yeah, you don't. Dumb. Yeah, you don't yeah. generally you leave the spaghetti tangle of cables in the back. Right. It's just a pain on the earth. Kind of slide it out ninety I, degrees. I had uh, that problem even more so when uh, I think like the first case that had that filter. So it was like a, a cool novel thing. It was like the what the seven eight hundred D. What was the first Corsair case? 800D, I'm going to say. Uh, and it had one of those. It was really cool. But I had, like, the way my desk was set up is, like, the cables mm-hmm. were very taut coming into the back of the computer. Yeah. So moving it away from the wall was actually meant I had to disconnect hmm. cables. So I was unscrewing DVI connections and stuff to make all that occur. And it was a, it was a pain in the ass. Uh, like a lot of Fantex cases, they do a great job in terms of cable routing on the back, kind of self-integrating. Self-integrating. They integrate... Uh, uh, Velcro ties at the back, so they're not zip ties. They're reusable. They're easy to, to move cables in and out of, which is, I, I think, a pretty big advantage. And there you can see the uh, LED with the front panel removed. shows a strip of nine LED lights along the bottom that can produce ten different colors depending on your mood or color coordination, I guess. Huh. Uh, and then there's the top of the button that corresponds with the, the LEDs otherwise. So uh, a, a really decent case. Uh, let me see what the, what the, what the price of it is. Is when he published this uh, seventy nine bucks. This is a crowded section of the market. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian asks in the chat room, "How else would the filter slide out? It could slide out the side. The side. Good. Yeah. Like, duh. Even if you, I saw the engineering problem. Or it could come out the front if you had like a really yeah. long. Well, depends know, on where the intake. If the intake. Well, is if the in intake's the back, only in the back. That's fine. But like. Yeah. Imagine those old CD cases we talked about when we grew out at my house last week, right? Where the CD is at one end and you just had this plastic frame the rest of the way. You just have yeah. that for your, yeah. uh, for your filter. Or do it to the, so that it slides out to the side or magnetically attached with a tiny little paddle that comes out to the side. So you just reach in, pop. Yeah, I, do, I like the magnetic out. ones Easy. that are just like sit in a little indentation. Yeah. As the long magnetic as ones help because they're flexible, so it doesn't really matter. You can, it solves the problem. I would imagine getting that yeah. back... On the bottom of the case would be difficult, though. Like getting it positioned correctly. 
Well, that's why I magnetic guess. would be better because it will go to where it wants to. Yeah, well, kinda... but it's it's just attaching to metal. Most of the ones I've seen are ma- the magnets yeah, are on. You the, have to align it yourself. You have to align it yourself on top or whatever. But if you made it where like you know like a tablet case where it kind of snapped into place. Yeah, type of thing. You might be able to. You might be able to figure something like that. Might out. be too fancy for what they're trying to engineer. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah. what if you get lobster interference? Excuse me. <laughs> Do you guys ever watch anything on the internet? Apparently not, Josh. <laughs> I'm worried about them. I don't, what are you talking about? Lobster sticks to magnet. Have you never I experienced still, that? Have you never seen that? Oh, wait, you're telling me a, a truthful thing? Sure. Yeah. Yes, for the love of Lob- God. Lobster Where were you in 2000? Lobster oh, don't answer that. <laughs> I was graduating high school in 2000. Thank you very much. Well, this should have been the target audience of Lobster Sticks to Magnet. I mean, I might have been the target audience, but I just do not remember anything like that. Ryan's Googling. No, I'm... Um, Telling, Sebastian is complaining in the chat that my dream computer case would be an engineering nightmare, and I don't understand why a side release How is this a problem? filter is a problem. Uh, but, you know, hey, Sebastian sees a lot more. I'll be honest. Sebastian looks at a lot more cases than I do. So there's that. Uh, so very good case. Uh, check out the review. It is the Fantex Eclipse P400S Silent Edition, which means it has all that sound dampening uh, material. So check that out. Uh, we do have uh, another review courtesy of outgoing... Uh, employee of the day, of the day. I mean, look, I don't want to, I don't want to like shower a bunch of BS on him now he's leaving, right? Oh, you know. Yeah, uh, Ken wrote up a, a quick review of the Lenovo Yoga Seven Hundred. This is a, um, you, it's an ultra book, but also a two in one, depending on what random Intel uh, terminology you want to use. It's convertible, so it's a two in one. Is this yeah. what they're is this what they're arguing about in that in that TV commercial about the? Going through airline security that you don't have to. No, on that one it's separate. This one only folds itself in half, like a laptop, like a yoga. Like, hey, Ryan. Oh, folds the other way. You got one in front of you. Yeah, but it's connected to these cables, and (laughs) well, that's the other yoga. One of these cables looks like it's going to break. That's that's a yoga. Yeah. Yeah. So So you could just go to that. This is the yoga view. The one I have here that we're using for our uh, streaming setup here is a yoga nine hundred. Yep. The Yoga 700 is one Ken reviewed, and it's a little bit lower cost. Um, doesn't have the watch band hinge. Does not have the watch band hinge. Which if you can think back to the original Yoga and the Yoga 2, it yeah. will look like It'll that. be very familiar. Okay. Yeah. As, as they've innovated on the high end, they've kind of kept this low end machine with the same basic design that they've yeah. this has just gotten cheaper and cheaper over the years. Yeah. And now you can get the version we re- reviewed here for under 900 bucks. It's like 850 on Amazon today. Every time I see a picture of a yoga doing this, I think of Josh. Uh, Josh is very... I've never stretched in that. He's a very flexible young man. He's a very flexible young man. He goes into tent mode quite often. (laughs) 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 Only under the sheets. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So, I mean, Ken, what's the doubt about this? Like, this page we're talking about, like, keyboard, trackpad, good, bad, on this... The keyboard, the keyboard is pretty good. The trackpad, I'm not a big fan of. It had some tracking issues when I was using it. it These I know are kind of like mushy. They're not super clicky. Like the, yeah. my XPS 13, they're it's very, it's it's very rigid. Uh, like click you make on the on the yoga's, it tends to be the opposite. It's kind of a softer mm-hmm. touch. 
I don't know if that's a preference thing or if there's like a true this one is better than the other. I tend to prefer the clicky style myself. I think that's your opinion too, Ken. Yeah, the on the Yoga 700, it just felt too mushy. You didn't necessarily know where which registry so to click. So this one's pretty good on this 900. So you didn't, get, you didn't get a whole lot of tactile feedback. It, yeah. It, it's it's usable. It could use some work. It's it's not like it, as for the next generation. I'd like to see that improved. Yeah, but it it isn't a deal breaker. Okay, I so and I know uh, I am like I think the click on things like the MacBooks and this XPS thirteen is too loud, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like when my baby is asleep on the couch. I actually your touchpad wakes up your kid. No, but I get I don't think it ever has, but I get nervous about it. So I start doing the finger tap as that's opposed a, to the click. That's a loud touchpad, right? man. I mean, I mean, listen to this. Oh, well, now we got a compressor you can't Yeah, hear the compressor is touchpad, a uh, Cherry MX, right? I mean, you yeah. hear that? That's that's for people in the room not on the podcast or watching the video. It's like a Cherry Switch for your touchpad. It is. It is. It it's is. like a buckling yeah, spring actually, to the yeah. switch. Can I interest you in a MacBook with a Force Touch touchpad no, where, you, where you can configure that? You can't actually. You can. No, yeah, I, you can't click. interest me is what I meant. You can. It doesn't you have a click. But I, you it does have a click. Could I, you asked, could you well, interest me? It's, it's, a, it's a force feedback click. It's a haptic click. It's not even a click, right? Yeah, if, if it's, it's all quiet or whatever. It's pressure sensitive. It doesn't even have an action. Uh, if we look at the specs of this, the Lenovo Yoga 700 compared to that XPS 13 uh, and compared to a Yoga 900, processor-wise... You know, you're matching what the what the Skylake Generation XPS 13 has. You got eight gigs of memory, 256 gig SATA SSD instead of a PCI SSD. That sucks, but it's really not that big of a deal, right? In terms of performance that you're going to see or feel. Yeah, in the device. I mean, for if you're for, just doing for a laptop, laptop stuff you're talking about it. a dual core, hyper threaded part anyway. Yeah. So you know, whatever. Uh, it is a 14 inch screen, 1080p resolution, touch enabled in this case, 45 watt hour battery, 899 price tag. So you can see if you compare it to those two devices, you know, you're, it's significantly less expensive. It is noticeably uh, less expensive um, than the Yoga 900, which you do expect, and the XPS 13, which maybe you you should expect as well, since this is somewhat a, a, a lower cost. It's got three USB 3.0 ports, right? Um, one of which doubles as your power. Input is that right, Ken? Yeah, so it's these. It's this orange one here. It's the oddly shaped USB plug we've seen from Lenovo. It's not a Type C connector that you're charging through. It's a proprietary plug that a USB port will still plug into. Right. So it's a Type nice. A plus a power. Yeah, exactly. So you can use it when you're not plugged into power. You can yes. use it as. If you're plugged into power, you can't use it as a USB port. Right. If you're not, then you have a third okay. USB port. Correct. Um, Otherwise, looks like we've got. Is that a Type C connector? No, it's micro HDMI, which is oh. one of my biggest beefs oh, with this laptop. God. Yeah, micro HDMI should never be on a, on on it on a laptop, especially one that size. Like it can support a regular HDMI size connector on the side of it, right? Uh, if you have Type A, mm, it'd be not, close. It, yeah, regular maybe. HDMI would be a stretch, but Mini Display Port, Mini Display Port is what oh, this should have, so you can yeah. hook up a twenty five sixty by fourteen forty display, like I do. A, on my MacBook all the time. It's fine for productivity with these Intel GPUs. Right. You're obviously not going to game, but you are going to do that anyways. I think they might be doing it for like projector compatibility still at this point, maybe. But nothing has a micro HDMI. Like, no well, one has micro an, HDMI. You, you would need an adapter cable. Yes, but obviously. you already do anyways. Even so, mini HDMI would be better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mini HDMI you can at least find on things like GoPros, and you might have a cable lying around, but micro like Best Buy has. will have an adapter for mini I struggle to hit micro. It, it's it, they're yeah. cell phone cables essentially, are what yeah. you have to buy. You were gonna yeah. say something, Jeremy? 
Hi, I'm Mr. Green. Ridiculous form factor. Yeah. 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 No micro HDMI, micro anything. Just annoys the hell out of me because good luck finding an adapter. Yeah. Except for the one that might ship with it, and as soon as you lose it or it breaks, you're screwed. I don't think e- even if they bundled it with a micro to full size, like a little adapter cable, it would be way better. But the fact that they give you nothing in the box is just, yeah. I, I hate Agreed. it. Uh, if we look at performance, it's kind of uh, where we would expect it to be in the scheme of things. It's, Core i5-6200U. It's a Skylight Culture book. I mean, it's... Yeah. It'll yeah. perform well for most people's productivity tasks. Yep. Like. You should kind of know what these do by now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to stand out. It's not a gaming machine. It's, you know, if you wanted to play Counter-Strike Go on it, you could probably do that. But that's probably it. I, I was a little disappointed in the battery life on it. Um, yeah, I don't exactly know Just under five why. hours. Ooh. Um, which is probably okay normally, but you compare it to, like, the Surface Pro 4, the XPS 13. The XPS 13 got over six and a half hours uh, with the same processor. It just, I just, I don't particularly understand where the performance hits coming from. I don't know. I, Super norm- fish. Yeah. Normally I would have said, hey, uh, this is like a higher resolution screen issue. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's 1080p screen. 1080, isn't it? Yeah. So that that's not it's it. It's the lowest resolution of the bunch. Uh, yeah. Well, I think this XPS 13 was a 1080p uh, is that version the, of it. But no, the Skylake one we have is the higher resolution version. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's it's a little odd, especially considering it has a six watt hour larger battery than the Surface Pro Four. Oh. The Surface Pro Four has the larger resolution screen as well. It has like the three thousand by two thousand, or some equivalent there, nearly of. Uh, but in terms of pricing, it's really hard to beat it. it looks like it was for sale for eight forty on Amazon. When Ken wrote this, eight ninety nine directly from Lenovo. It's about two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars less than the other two options we compared it to. So a very good laptop if you're looking for. A lower priced two in one. This is, I wouldn't call it a budget notebook, right? At yeah, yeah. People but. are giving me crap in the chat for my title, where I say good things can come cheap. It's 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 not a cheap laptop. It's a cheap ultrabook. Yeah. Here at PC Perspective, yeah. we compare things by specification, and if you look at other laptops with the same specs, yeah, this sure. is the, one of the cheapest options, and it's still a high quality product. Yeah, you you could get. Obviously, much cheaper machines, but you're going to have different trade-offs, whether that be uh, form factor or or capability or whatever it is. So, um, it we also have so we got the 900 here. Is this the same size screen as the 700? No, I think the 700 is a 14, and that's a 13. Okay, All right. just slightly off. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you're interested in that, if you think maybe the Yoga 700 might be a laptop. That uh, you want to check out, we have that review up on the website, which is pcpro.com. Uh, also, quickly, I do want to talk about a mostly a video that we put together, but there's an article to go along with it called uh, "Breaking Down MSI's Gaming Notebooks." Uh, the general cons- the general story here is: uh, if somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, I want to buy a gaming laptop," would you have any idea what to tell them? Don't. Yeah, I mean, kind of. But like. Somebody, somebody comes to you and says, hey, I want to buy a gaming laptop. Which one should I get? I don't usually have like a off-the-hip kind of recommendation. Most people don't. It. You're right. Even I don't, and I do this for a living. Yeah. And I don't think anybody, <laughs> any of us, really follow this stuff. Like I was just uh, flabbergasted when I you know, asked MSI, give me uh, all the details of all the current Skylake gaming laptops you have. And it was tw- I'll pick up a list. There were 27 options. 
Oh, like 27 gaming laptops. You know, like, you know, the GE series, all the configurations offered, the GT series, the configurations offered. Um, so I was like, okay, this seems kind of crazy to me. Uh, why don't you send me one of each of the series of laptops that you have? And I'm going to do a comparison and, and kind of see, like, if you're this kind of consumer, you should buy a GE. If you're this kind of consumer, you should buy a GT. Right. You know, this kind of consumer would get the GT80. So they did that, actually, surprisingly. They sent me six different gaming notebooks, um, starting with the GE62 Apache Pro, which was $12.99, all the way up to the GT80S Titan SLI, which is a $33.99 laptop. That's $3,399. Wow. Uh, and that's not even the most expensive one. I think they have what was forty seven ninety nine or something or forty four ninety nine is the most expensive Only one. Ten ADP for the top end. Yeah. Right. So so here's what's interesting, right? If you look at this table, you can get a pretty good idea of why they sent these, right? So I, I would actually really encourage you guys to go watch the video because it kind of gives you detail on what the GE series, the GS series, GT seventy two, GT eighty, and kind of what the what the the spectrum is across that um so like for example the ge series is 15.6 or 17.3 inch only 1080p it's kind of your base machine peaks at the gtx 970m gpu um the gs series peaks at the same gpu gtx 970m but you have like gs40 gs60 gs72 and those are different screen sizes those are different um uh uh like form factors, the GS is kind of like I think of it as slim. It's trying to make the like the smaller, thinner laptops, uh, and those range from you know fifteen ninety nine to twenty one forty nine, depending on what performance you want, what screen resolution. Those are the only ones that are actually even offer a four K screen, I think. Or just one of the GT seventy two S's. I think one of the GT seventy two's had a four K yeah, screen. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe, um, but I mean, so. The 17, like uh, you, you mentioned, Josh, the GT80S with Titan SLI 980Ms only having a 1080p screen. Yeah. It's an 18.4-inch laptop, by the way. 18.4-inch. It has a mechanical keyboard, has a cherry brown mechanical keyboard into it. If, if, if you I mean, haven't they, seen Couldn't it, they get away with, like, 25 by 16 on that or something? Like, maybe not 4K, so but... I, I, I'm curious because I don't know what the... I think it's the panel size is the issue. Yeah. Is there a market? Yeah. Is there are there enough panel sizes? Is there is there an eighteen inch twenty five by fourteen being made? There's probably not. only one eighteen point right because MSI is not going to have the yeah MSI is not going to have the kind of like throughput to de- like to kind of sure. get a, a panel vendor to make a specific size for them. Um, so that's probably the reason for it. And four K is too much, honestly. Right. If you're if you're going to put a even on a dual nine eighty laptop, four right. K right. screen is going to be a, a stretch. Right, and, and so you're probably going to scale back and render at 1080p anyway. Yeah. So in which case, that's what I was thinking. Like maybe 25 by 14. 25 by 14, I agree, would be the ideal for yeah. both the GT72 mm-hmm. and probably the GT80. You would have to think they machines. make that panel on that size. I feel like I've seen one. Yeah. Not on. It is an odd size of laptop. 18.4. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't it's an odd see size a huge market for it. Yeah. No, you don't. But yeah. the 17.3 inch. Absolutely. That is in the GS, G, uh, you know, the GE, and even the GT72 line. You would think maybe that might be an option in the in the near term. Um, well, at but, least they went G-Sync though. Uh, yes, on the, on, the, on the one we did uh, look at there. There's not. A, I think there's two SKUs that have G-Sync support uh, on the GT72S line. Um, so we're not doing a very. I'm just doing a very good job of explaining on the podcast. But it's important to note, like, 
you really need to look at this table on this side. Well, and the table, <laughs> the table even less so because the table is showing you the six we got. The video goes right. into more general terminology and, and Here's assumptions the whole line. you can make about like, yeah. I guess even this bulleted list on the article, right, where it talks about the GT72 series, for example, it ranges from fifteen hundred ninety nine bucks to thirty four hundred ninety nine bucks yeah. for that laptop line. Uh, uh, they only have single GPUs. They have seventeen inch screens. Some of them have G Sync. Uh, they all have GPUs from the 970M to the 980M to the 980, the full size, not the, the mobile variant. They have 16 or 32 gigs of memory. They all use SSDs. They all have optical drives. They all have Thunderbolt. They all have six USB 3.0 ports on them. Um, but they're bigger and heavier. They're like nine-pound laptops. And some of these somehow do four-way uh, NVMe PCIe SSD RAID. Right, with like this weird... Some it's some kind of weird, doing, like, yeah. it's like a two-and-a-half-inch PCB that puts two M.2s on each side of it right. and somehow connects. And But I'm just more, more curious, like, how it actually does a RAID through the BIOS because we've only ever done triple. Right. And somehow something in that chipset must support four somehow. And Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said, go watch the video. We, you know, we did some quick performance tests just to see. And keep in mind one thing. All of the processors on all 27 of these MSI laptops <laughs> essentially perform identically. Yeah. They're all quad-core, hyper-threaded, uh, Intel Skylake processors that vary within 100 megahertz of each other. Some of the higher-end ones are overclocked, but they're not really overclocked out of the box. Uh, the six we had performed within 1% to 2% of each other in a multi-threaded benchmark. And are these the ones that were like over, had a GUI to overclock the CPU? No. Okay. No. Um, but... So the the anything that had a sixty eight twenty HK you could overclock. Uh, I think you could. I think maybe MSI Afterburner does that. I don't know if it does. Maybe. I don't know, but you can go into the BIOS and do it that way. So potentially you can get a little. So bit the most more. important thing in terms of like your gaming performance for a gaming laptop is going to be your GPU, obviously. No, no, it's not. It's going to be which one goes over nine point nine nine pounds. Oh well, there's only one. Actually, I don't even think the GT eighty goes over nine point nine nine. I think it's only nine point nine pounds. Oh, Thank, no. you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, and goodbye. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, That'll be later. So, yes. for me, looking at all this, I know there's a lot of people in the chat talking about why would you ever spend this much money on a laptop. There, you're never going to make the argument that a gaming laptop is the most cost-efficient way to game. It's not. Really. not. It's never going to be. Yeah. Um, if they really want portability, you you want portability. You want single system. You know there are, there are reasons to do it. Yeah. Uh, and your clearly, battery because they sell a lot of these things. And, and your battery is pretty much just uh, is just an ups. Yeah, it's basically a UPS to keep you from losing data between outlets. Especially if you're gaming, don't try to game on the battery. The actually, power actually, everything throttles down when you are gaming on battery, yeah. right? Because um, the power, the maximum current output of the battery regardless of how much capacity it has the current output of the battery can only stand like 100 watts or mm-hmm. something yeah whereas for the, the c wall, rating of the battery 300 watts on a yeah. gt80 um so the most important part being your gpu performance so you really kind of based on what your budget is and what your requirements are do you want something that's like thinner that you can fit into a normal backpack or do you not care about that and you just want portability as opposed to mobility which is Maybe a little bit of semantics. Like you want to go to a land party and not bring a case. Right. You know, there it are could lot- even boil down to, do you have a very small apartment that you can't really afford to put an entire desktop machine in? Yeah, you it could. be that too. Um, right? You but just honestly, hook it up to the TV, away you go. Like at QuakeCon, there's a decent, a surprising number of people agree. that will bring laptops. I, I agree. Uh, um, I, I was, we didn't go last year, but the year before, I remember 
yeah. being surprised how many people had MSI or Asus or whatever yep. uh, gaming notebooks out there. It's, it is a growing segment of, of this market, right? And, and, and if you have the power playing... of a full GT980, you can, if you have an external monitor at home, you can connect it and, and use it that way as yeah. well. And especially if they're playing lightweight stuff. On top of that, I mean, these are more beefy gaming yeah, laptops, yeah. but like, I mean, there were people there even with like really lightweight kind of laptops just playing Minecraft. That's true. Yeah, you know, it was That's more than true. enough for what they were doing. So for for me, I think the best value in all this is probably there's a GT72, so it's 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 a bigger, it's an eight pound, you know, one point nine inch thick or whatever laptop. Yeah. Um, it's fifteen ninety nine. It's got a GTX nine seventy M, ten eighty p screen, sixteen gigs of memory, one hundred twenty eight gig SSD. Uh, it's probably the best balance of performance and power, right? So the GTX 970M is kind of equivalent to a desktop 960-ish or so, maybe a little bit less. Um, but again, you're only gaming at 1080p on that local monitor. Um, if you want the ultimate power, I would, I, I'm still hesitant to recommend SLI anything. So the GT80 series, even though it's impressive with that enormous keyboard and 18-inch screen, uh, I don't like depending on multi-GPU for performance, especially if you're going to make a, as significant as an investment as this with mobile mobile gaming. Right? Yeah. Um, to me, if you want like the maximum performance, I would get a GT72S with a full GTX 980 in it. Now it's probably a $3,500 machine or something like that. Um, That's not that, upgradable. That is a GTX 980 consumer desktop class GPU in a mobile form factor. Yes. We did a test on that last year when they when they first uh, released it. So. Um, if you're interested in that or you have a friend that's interested in that, you say, hey, I want to look at gaming laptops, watch this video, go look at this article. Um, it's not a full review of every device, but it's more of a if you're confu- – if, you, if you go to Newegg or Amazon and look up MSI gaming laptop, you're going to get 25-plus results and you're not going to have really an idea about what, what, these, uh, what these do. So uh, uh, Green LED in chat asked uh, how many of these are VR capable. So um, anything that has the full GTX 980 – yeah. in it would be and an in, hdmi out right yes yeah has to have, to have an hdmi have out an, an hdmi out that's a good point uh and i think almost all of these do yeah um yeah. and a gtx 980m is very close in my experience if you overclock that at all right it will pass oh you mean remember it like, we, we did a review of the like evga SC 17 okay and stock, it was like just on the edge of the yellow green of the Steam VR recommended. Gotcha. And as soon as I overclocked it, it eked itself over to the green side of that. And I and I'm I'm positive it would do the same thing on on the MSI machines. Okay. So and I do find a lot of the VR enthusiasts that are talking on Twitter, you know, Will Smith, Ben Cachero, those guys, like they're looking to find a mobile solution to take VR with them to show people. Uh huh. Um, and that sounds like and the higher end. And they're of buying those. an expensive gaming laptop. Yeah. So they can put it in a backpack, a big backpack, but a yeah. backpack, uh, along with a Rift or a Vive or whatever it is, and, and go show somebody that. A virtual it's, reality It's backpack. much easier than, than lugging a desktop. GT72 desktop comes with a backpack. Yeah, the GT72. I'm sure. The, mm. Did the GT80 yeah, come with a backpack too? To yeah, that, have to. Otherwise, what else are you going to carry To it take that, back, <laughs> that big backpack off, you just, you just go like Right, this. you just go like this, and you hold it up, and you reach out and take your laptop out. <laughs> That's a... That's an inside joke that nobody Sorry. will get. Because, inside uh, VR joke. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we're uh, inside VR right now? We are all inside yes, VR. This, this show is actually being broadcast in VR. You guys didn't know that? YouTube sure. supports 360 video. You guys now. could all be looking around the room. I'm, I'm thinking reality is just VR anyway. So I saw that movie. It was pretty good. It's just really yeah. good magic leap. All right. So, oh, you mean vaporware. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about some sad news. Intel. <clears throat> uh, is 
going to get rid of 12,000 employees, approximately 11% of their workforce. So I've got to ask, when when the CEO announced this, did he say, we're going to lay off 12,000 employees? No, because then he would have said million. And that would have been much worse. <laughs> no, he probably said twelve hundred, and they're like, "That's too low." And oh, he's like, yeah, oh, yeah. twelve thousand. Like, like ha, ha, twelve thousand, twelve twelve hundred. That's not even like chump change. Oh, I 1%. meant twelve thousand. So, um, yep, Intel CEO announced yesterday. I guess it was, uh, yeah, Tuesday. They're laying off twelve thousand employees, eleven percent of its workforce. The latest sign of the company struggled to adapt to the post PC world. Uh, they announced they, that they're totally going to. Linked to the wrong story. Which means it hasn't even happened yet. Well, yes, they, they've announced it, and then they have to so decide now, who it is. So no, now, now they're going to have a lottery. Hunger <laughs> <laughs> Games Intel. So now employee morale in general at Intel has just went. Ka-tink. Well, I would think Literally, you'd be like super petty and try to impress your manager. Well, decimating their workforce. Yeah, yeah, that, that they are. is one and then, in ten. Yeah, and then Hunger Games. Hunger Games begins tomorrow. Um, and then, so the yeah. like this sucks. I get it. People losing their jobs. It's awful. Um, Intel's a huge company. They're, they're going to get some kind of severance. They're going to get some kind of help finding other jobs. Although I would imagine um, there probably aren't twelve thousand job listings in Silicon Valley suddenly for for that for kind of a job. People. Yeah, but it's also Arizona, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, it's spread around. So. This story from Vox, this is just one I, I, I pointed towards, um, points to the, uh, a mistake Intel made 10 years ago where they, they weren't in the iPhone. They chose not to make a chip for the iPhone, and that has kind of started this spiral. Um, I regret choosing this story because it is like 100% saying that the PC has been dead for many, many years. and that you well, know, Of course it is. Haven't is. you heard? Yes, it absolutely is. We dead. have the last remaining know. ones on Earth in our office. Here. Yeah, yeah. This this story focuses way too much on on smartphones. So Intel in their in their statement talked about, um, hey, we're going to shift our focus to IoT and was it server? Was it just they just was it general server or was it IoT and like server cloud cloud infrastructure? There yes, you go. cloud infrastructure and the Internet of Thingies. Yeah, and, and the, those two segments made up sixty percent of their profits. Over the last two quarters, and only forty percent of their costs or their growth was sixty percent at forty percent revenue. I don't know something like that. They were basically saying that these were the only areas that were actually successful for us. Sure. And so the company was trying to prove internally that that was the direction they should go. The growth shows that they should go that way, so they're going to go that way. So if you're in the IoT or cloud infrastructure division at Intel, it sounds like you're probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. If you're anybody else, you're probably not pretty good. And uh, they talked about uh, areas where we are losing or behind or we clearly see that there's no future. They're just kind of like drop. So I'm curious like what parts of Can't Intel be their chip is. stuff. Can't well, be their so like if, CPU design. If you're design. the guy at Intel that designs a toaster which can order its own bread over the internet and will take a picture of it to post up to Instagram every time it toasts bread. Yeah. You're brilliant. Yeah. You're, you're utterly brilliant. The rest yeah. of you are kind of. Intel. I don't. And what's left? Though, well, like, I'm, I'm thinking like the Atom line of stuff. Okay. Right? So you think yes. the super, super low end side of things. Maybe um, they'll just let AMD have that. I think that's a possibility. I think there's a possible yeah. uh, advantage for AMD on the super low end side of things where Intel may go. It turns out it's not worth us spending the investment to, to get into 
um, you know, two hundred dollar and three hundred dollar machines. They might uh, be backing off of their um, what's the network security appliance thing, the McAfee stuff they bought, yeah. right? Yeah. They might yeah. back off that a little bit. Well, if they bake it into the IoT, I wouldn't feel so quite so bad about it. Like that would be kind of nice, but yeah, I don't see it going I, I away. Just, like no. so, one of the one of the points of this story, and I've seen this in other places, that the mobile revolution is leaving Intel behind, and that's why they're having all these problems. I disagree. I, I agree with that. That happened, but I think we're already past that. Yeah. Right. Qualcomm as a company was the dominant player in the mobile space. Yep. And mm-hmm. they have Until. seen declines. Right. Yes. Right. So. Yeah, but that's not because people aren't buying ARM chips. Because people aren't buying ARM chips from Qualcomm because all these Chinese vendors are coming in. Right. So, but. That. So that. Qualcomm, I mean, like they're both being hurt by the same thing. Intel. Sure. Right. Uh, yeah. Intel's goal was to become Qualcomm before Qualcomm started to lose its share. Yeah. Right. And I think it's try as hard as you might if you're Qualcomm. Or Intel, if you had made the right decision 10 years ago, it's pretty hard to compete against MediaTek and Rockchip, right? Because of their cost structure. But you know what? They, Intel could do it. They have the infrastructure to actually mm-hmm. produce chips cheaper than those other guys because they've invested that money on the PC side and foundry work, and they have the founders there. And in fact, you know, they, they bought up Altera to produce chips in their fabs that are underutilized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But instead, I think Intel is kind of almost the, the quintessential not invented here. Uh, x86 is not great for power efficient. I mean, they've gotten better through the years. But when you look at <clears throat> from 1995 and beyond, it's been ARM because it was designed to be okay performance, <clears throat> but really good power efficiency. And x86... You've got to go through a bunch of hurdles to be able to get that 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 architecture <clears throat> to be pretty power efficient. Yep. And Intel had a huge advantage in their process technology and how much they invested in that. And if they would have adopted either, you know, just license from ARM, I mean, they had a strong ARM thing that they bought up. That withered on the vine from, you know, them not wanting to do that because you know, they're licensing technology from another company. It's, it's you know, we're, we're Intel. We invented x86. We licensed that out to other people. We don't need that technology here. We've got the basis. We've got the engineers. We've got the process technology. It just turns out that x86 is, is harder to do as, a, as efficient in performance as what ARM is able to do at these low power constraints right. and so boy if, if I, I think if Intel had done something back in you know the early mid 2000s that like hey we're, we're either going to emulate an ARM uh, type architecture but instead they, they tried to shoehorn x86 into the areas that can we interest you in a they had bit? larger hurdles to, to overcome to be able to be competitive right do some of these architectures? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't fundamentally disagree with that. It's just the company made a profit last quarter of two billion dollars. Yeah, <laughs> right. And if you're one of those twelve thousand employees that gets picked in the next quarter, and in quarter two they're going to make probably around two billion dollars in profit, you've got to be like, damn it, right? right. Like. You know, FU management, I one, mean, you're trying the, to appease shareholders and you're not actually creating value for the company. And, and 
this is the classic issues of publicly traded companies, right? So, like, they've made a profit of $2 billion, but their growth has slowed. Wall Street oh, no. gets itchy about, oh, my God, in 14 more quarters, you're probably going to be dead. So we have to... We have to sell, sell, sell and now. 14 more quarters. Right, because like, like, that's what they're speculating out, right? The, yeah. the chances that Intel suddenly in two quarters is going to go from a $2 billion a quarter profit to losing money is fairly slim. Right. right? Well, you know, you know right that story of, of the – I think it was the Oklahoma oilman. I don't. Made millions of dollars and his son was a spendthrift and spending all money. And, and these reporters came up to him and said – isn't this a disaster? Your kid is doing this. And, and the guy scratched his head and said, boy, by my calculations, that kid's going to be bankrupt in 250 years. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's, this is the unfortunate, another of the unfortunate worlds that we live in, why being a, prop, uh, a public company is both positive and, and negative in that regard. So uh, Yeah, Dell kind of. Do, do, skirted around that one by yeah, going back private, private and I yeah. kudos to them. Do you do you do you think that there's any impact on uh, us as uh, enthusiasts, as people who were already kind? Like, you know, the general consensus for the enthusiast community over the last several years has been Intel still not increasing performance. They're still not focusing on us. They're still not creating new products that are interesting to us. Like the the twenty six hundred to the to the, the was there a 36? No, it's 4,000s. It's been a pretty steady percent per generation. Yeah, but it's been yeah. slow. It's been sure. steady, well, but slow. That's the problem when you're competing it's, with yourself. Yeah. yeah. But like now, they're, now they don't. Yourself, it's like, well, you know, we'll make it a little they, bit more attractive. But they but. don't even want to do that anymore. This right. is <laughs> just like the roadmap that we saw back in like 1995 through 2000. It mm -hmm. was so incredibly conservative. It was boring. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, they have left the door wide open to AMD, and hopefully, oh, Zen will get into that. Yeah. do something and, and, <laughs> and, and change that around. But you know, they're letting 12,000 people go, and some of those are probably going to be some very valuable engineers yeah. and technicians and uh, you know, people doing uh, good work in, in the foundries. And Indeed. I, I mean, don't know. Between that and going from TikTok to more like, what is it, a waltz? Tick, tick, tock. Yeah. It's a waltz now. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I don't know. We'll see. We, we we can we can discuss this in in in, in future yeah. podcasts. I'm sure, it'll like come up what, again. What it's going oh, yeah. to mean. Uh, it'll be very interesting to go to IDF this year, assuming they don't cancel it. Right? Maybe all those twelve thousand people put on IDF, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, go there and like talk with their performance teams, the Francois of the world. Be like, okay, so now I wonder what if do, he's going to keep his job. Uh, I hope so. That would be crazy. They couldn't let Francois go. Oh, well, stranger wrong. things have happened. We can bring him over yeah. here. He could work for us. Yeah. What yeah could, okay. What could go wrong? I want you to benchmark these Intel and AMD processors. <laughs> I bet you're pretty good at that. <laughs> I can give you eight dollars. He's like can live in and wonderful Florence, Kentucky. Live in. Uh, you know what? I might let him work remotely. I bet poor, he has pretty good contacts out there. Poor Francois. <laughs> he didn't lose his job. <laughs> First of yeah. all, nobody lost their job yet. It's true. Yeah. They're still deciding who to lose, uh, who to uh, – uh, what, what was the, the, phraseology, the phrasing that they used in, uh, in their announcement? It was like their restructuring is accelerating or something like that. They're going to decide who they need to reststructure on a quick fashion. I don't think you can restructure oh. a person. Well, oh, you, you can, can restructure them out the back door. You restructure them right to a different job. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, or let's, not. Get in, let's get <laughs> into some uh, news items here. Uh, first up, Jeremy, what do you think about this cooler? This rumored GTX 1080, which apparently is going to be the name now. We've seen too much stuff to say otherwise. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, GTX it's, it's going to be. 1080 but, cooler. What do you think? You like it? Uh, this picture just looks a little wrong to me. Why? Why? I like because the chiseled username. I like the chiseled thing. I like the Chinese. No, it does look kind of wonky. But it looks no, like the, it's polygon. There's man. a twist on it. it. Like it just does not look quite right. Well, so you think it's fake still? I I don't know for sure, but just I look at it and it's like, yeah, there's something not. Somebody right on there. Twitter pointed me to a picture of the uh, of a rendered render of the inside of the Nvidia like yeah. building that they may never make. Um, <laughs> and it's very polygonal and and no. yeah. Of, well, I can utterly like this, believe this will be the design of it. I like uh, it. It's it's very similar to what we've seen with other yeah. ones. Uh, yeah. It's a little bit more angular, so hey, it's it's newer, it's recognizable if you're sitting in a case. I, it's just, it's basically the identical design to what they have today, right? Yeah. Silver shroud. There's a window over where the heatsink portion will be. There's sure. one blower fan. Um, the color you know, is kind of funny same. though. If it was painted black and red, I could totally believe it was from a different company. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, but it, you it see what, very what you similar. don't see is the leather jacket underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I. I I, I like the angled look here, you know. I mean, NVIDIA's design language for the past three years has been triangle, put like triangles everywhere in this yes. sort Yeah, if you of look fashion. at the presentations yeah. and stuff, it's like, it's very polygonal. Like um, all of their products. want to create a new verb yeah. here, like, look, look, <laughs> look at like the shield design and everything, all yeah. of the design language with that stuff. Like th- this has got to be it. Yeah, th- this, yeah, and this is like the third time we've seen it. Yeah. The black version of that would look pretty good, like yeah. the Tatworks version of that. But I, I utterly believe it will be the 1080. I believe that this will be one of the designs that you see, uh, probably the base design. Yeah, yeah. There's just something about the picture I'm still not convinced about. But look, there's Chinese paperwork. And it's from Biden. Can you read that paperwork, or is it, like, strangely out of focus? It's, it's not strangely out of focus. It's just blurry. He took it a on a Huawei picture. phone. Yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah, that was Shadows. It. The shadows underneath the GPU are darker than the shadows under the paper on the left. Uh, yeah, and there's just something about the rear end of the GPU that just doesn't quite look yeah, right. Yeah, Josh, you see that light overhead reflecting onto right the GTX 980 that would be casting the shadow. Oh, my God. The, now, we're, now we're going maybe into it's a the flash, Nvidia moon landing say. demo. Oh, it might actually be a phone flash. Wait, wait, wait. Flash. This is actually a rendered photo. Oh, it's trick. They've tricked us again. <laughs> Damn you, NVIDIA. Why do you keep doing this? Is it rendered? Is it real? What yeah. do you think? Is it you like the name 1080? No, I like it. I no, but I can see it. Seems like the next logical step. But what, are we going to go 1180 after this? That's so I just, stupid. You know, I hope it works, the, on, the, I hope it works the, on displays over 1080. I don't think 1180 will work because the 1 1 is too narrow, like font wise. Like if you looked at that, if sure. you look at that picture, if you did like a 1 1 8 0. The kerning is all uh, wrong. Yeah, it's not It would take up as much work. space as 980 does. I mean, if you and made Spanish it the GTX people would 11, say it, would, it would be Yobo. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yobo, yeah, I, GTX Yobo, I like I, it. It seems like it will be 1080, <laughs> but I can't believe they didn't change the name. Nah, yeah, I, I like can't it. believe it. I'm just it. Weird. It's just called it like the GTX 80. 
You can't, you can't use that GPU on a 4K display. So like Clearly, it says 1080 right that's on true. it. That's true. That's a good thought, actually. It's going to happen. There better Sorry. not be a bug, is all well, I got to say. What happens when you get the 1070? Oh, uh, damn it. I didn't know they made monitors gotta like that. Got to chop off 10 rows of pixels. <laughs> I'm going to have to go in and set up a custom resolution in yes. Windows. Yes, right? Uh, so here's a, another interesting bit of, of rumor news that, that is also very likely. Um, apparently, Sony is going to make a new console this year. Uh, it's going to be the, the, the prototype. The code name is Neo. I don't think it's PlayStation Neo necessarily, but it looks like it would be it to me. Uh, they're, they're going to update the PS4 mid-life cycle. Uh, to have two concurrent consoles being sold at the same time, one with the current PS4 hardware and one Neo, which will have upgraded hardware. Okay. Uh, 4K output support, 4K Blu-ray support, more than likely, because that's you know what Sony did with the PS3. So it sounds like it sounds like platform compatibility backwards. Platform, platform, platform compatibility yeah. being very important to this. Right. Where, uh, Games. I think they even like the paperwork that Giant Bomb even got on this was like after October first, any game that ships has to have both a base path and a Neo path. Okay. Right. It doesn't have to necessarily support 4K rendering, or right? Anything like right, that, right. Right. But it will it all be support the hardware. To 4K. Yeah, it has to improve something. But yeah. You can't have something that is only works on Neo that doesn't work on the other one. So like right. multi, like there's not going to be different multiplayer versions. Oh, oh. Ahead, you could, you'll eventually end up with a Neo exclusive title. No, no, you won't. Not just uh, a no, PlayStation well, I think no. exclusive I, title. I, I but think they're specifically uh, not they're specifically do that. not. According to these yeah, docs at Link, see a developer that, doing it just to no, like Sony won't. They won't let the game. them sell the game. Oh, okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. the game has to be signed by Sony. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. This will be the first time that this has ever happened in the console world. We I think we talked about these rumors well, for Microsoft a little while ago. What about like the thirty two X? No, because it wasn't backwards compatible. Yeah. Like, you you had to have a 32X play a 32X game. It was essentially another console. It's just they tried to make it cheaper by letting you plug it into your other console. <laughs> right. Like, Sega CD, that's not a... Like, they weren't, like, backwards compatible. Um, so let me talk about what the, what the supposed hardware change is. Uh, the CPU is still 8 Jaguar cores, but it gets a bump from 1.6 to 2.1 gigahertz okay. clock speed. Significant. Yep. Um, the GPU is moving from GCN to next-generation GCN, it says. Uh, 18 compute units, which is 1,152 stream processors. That's what the current PlayStation 4 has. Okay. This one will have 36 compute units. That's 2,304 stream processors. On one die with the CPUs? I would assume so, yes. Wow. I don't think they would fundamentally change the design of the chip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, they both they would both have eight gigs of GDDR5, but the memory clock speed's a little bit higher, uh, getting you a bump from 176 gigabytes per second to 218 gigabytes per second. Okay. With that's a good jump, but it's still not even that's not really that close to, um, like desktop, a high end consumer yeah, desktop. desktop I think great GPUs. like a R9 390 gets 320 sure. gigabytes per second. Well, it might not need. Well, I mean, it's graphics. You know, like it I get it, it. but I don't know. Um, so not only are you you're more than doubling your sh- uh, stream processors, you're also inc- increasing the clock speed from 800 to 911 megahertz on the GPU. Okay, so that's like 18, 15 percent or something like that increase in that. Yeah, um, they kind of need all this if they're trying to go for 4K. Yeah, let's be honest. This is not enough to really render at 4K still. Well, right? they'll do some silly crap like they, 4K 30 or they could, but. But keep in mind how many games on the PS4 and Xbox One today don't render at 1080p. 
They're rendering at 720 right. or 900 right. and upscaling. So it'll be 4K. Maybe capable. now you can actually render at 1080 yeah. or be, 1440 yeah. and upscale yep. to 4K, right? That's probably Either what way, you're getting more power, right? Well, that's, yeah, that's sure. Uh, and we're talking about 2x as much to 2.2x as much GPU compute power plus your CPU compute power is going up. I mean, uh, you know, even, it would be more than 2x GPU compute because you're doubling the shaders plus more efficiency and and a new architecture. Yeah. I mean, I so mean, the 1080p upscaled upscales well to 4K. Multiply by 4. But 720 is like uh, it starts looking bad. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the debate here is is it uh, Polaris or not? Uh. Is it going to be based on Polaris, which would mean it's 16 nanometer instead of, or is it 14, 14. Ge- 14 nanometer instead of 28? And it would be uh, just a newer, more efficient design. Whereas, you know, the, the equivalent shaders uh, of the Neo, right. if you were to look at cards available today, mm-hmm. is a, almost an R9390. Okay. Right, which is a power hungry card. Is that like a 200-watt card yeah. or something, I think? Yeah, I mean, they risk having another PlayStation that's like a hairdryer. That's true. If they, they, could. Yeah. If they, if they Josh, don't get you, power under control. Josh, would you think this is Polaris-based? I don't have a good answer to that because <clears throat> if it's 28 nanometer, it's still going to be the last GCN because why would AMD port Polaris over to an older architecture unless they're planning on selling that to a lot of different people at 28 nanometers because it's it's not inconsequential to redesign something that was aimed at 14 nanometer yeah. to go back to 28 nanometer. Yeah. Uh, if it is a 14 nanometer part, why is Jaguar only going up 300 megahertz? Um, they did build some expandability, I guess you could say, and the the current PS4 part because it's about a what three hundred and twenty millimeter square unit. Uh, if you were to double the GCN, it'd be around five hundred yeah. millimeter squared. So that's not unheard of, and especially if you're dealing with third generation twenty eight nanometer, it's inexpensive. It it still runs pretty good, and so you could probably keep your TDPs under control. As compared to what you know the PS4 was uh, initially uh, fabricated at, and they could do a lot of tweaks in there to you know increase power efficiency, apply some of the um, you know the the declocking uh, mechanisms that we've seen in other of their products, as well as uh, what they did with uh, Hawaii when they went from the R9 290 and 290X to the R9 390 90X, which was you know not huge but it was still a significant um jump in power efficiency per clock right i mean this so I, would it be a complicated thing for so let's say they move to 14 nanometer it's polaris is it complicated to move jaguar cores to 14 nanometer from 28 not as much i mean they they would apply rules they would tweak it but if they're just worried about porting Jaguar from 28 to 14 and not worrying about, Hey, let's, you know, let's double the efficiency. Uh, let's get higher clock speeds at lower power. If you don't worry about that stuff, I can see them getting, you know, the the 300 to 500 megahertz of increase by 
jumping to 14 nanometer and just doing the very basic amount of work to port that design to 14 nanometer. Here's my crazy thought of the week. This this is probably mostly impossible. Could you take a 14 nanometer GPU and a 28 nanometer CPU and put them both on an interposer? Yes. You could. Josh asked Raja that exact question. Oh, really? Um, uh, Yeah, they could do that. Um, we would know immediately because we'd be able to yeah. take apart a system, <laughs> right, and, and figure that out. Um, but you know, and and there's other the other reason, other indications that they're using Polaris is that it would have to support HDMI 2.0. Yep. Right. Don't well, do 4K I mean, 60. they could they could change the display controller on. Right, right. They could. They yeah, could, that's, they, that's relatively yeah. simple because yeah. that's a pretty small part of the the sure. GPU. It's fairly modular, so they could. Um, they could do that, but could they? I guess they could also add H two six five and all that stuff. Yeah, doesn't just it already support H two six five? Polaris does. No, Polaris doesn't. Does doesn't look like. Well, yeah, I think it does. Uh, only Hawaii only Polaris beyond. supports H two six five main decode up to four K. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So HDR support would be HDR probably a Polaris only thing that yeah. would be more difficult to bring back. I mean, it's still display controller stuff. It's it's. it's I don't think HDR controller is display bandwidth. controller stuff. I think someone we were talking to said it's surprisingly more complicated than that. Yeah, in the hardware side. So th- this is this is pretty interesting. Um, I imagine that this will all be announced at E3 in June. Would would be my guess. Now that all this information is out there, you'd be nuts to buy a PS4. Yeah, true. Right, especially like this giant bomb story said the price of the Neo was supposed to be three ninety nine, which is bonkers to me. Right, what's you, a, what's you, a PS four sell for today? Three forty nine. I think you can get them like three hundred you? occasionally. Okay. You'd be pretty stupid to buy a UHD Blu-ray player right now, as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, let's say this is something that's probably not going to be out until Christmas holiday time. Still, even but if they for, announce it in June, yeah, it's. Yeah. But one, so, one of those Blu-ray players currently costs four hundred dollars. So potentially for four, four or five hundred dollars, yeah. you could get a game console with it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I find this pretty cool. Uh, I imagine that Microsoft is working on the same type of thing, right? Like we actually heard the rumors about the Xbox One getting an update before the PS4. We just happened to have this leak and, and additional information about the PS4 earlier than I thought. So, yeah. which could be another reason why AMD would be way more comfortable putting the effort into porting Jaguar to 14 nanometer if they were also going to sell it to Microsoft. A second, a second customer for it. Because that's, that's big money. Yep. Uh, quickly, before we move on to our next story, uh, I got some uh, pledges here to thank. Uh, Samuel Asvado, Asvado pledged $5.69. Hassan Raza uh, pledged four twenty. Of course. Yeah, outstanding. Somebody uh, had to do it. Because, you know, just because. But then Edward Jang pledged $30. Awesome. $30. Ooh. Thank you, Edward, for that. Um, all right, moving on. Let's see. Yeah, we are, we're, we're approaching our Facebook limit. Uh-oh. So we've got to get to these <laughs> stories here. Asus, wait a minute. Did we not yeah. talk about this last week? Uh, nope. Asus talked about it on Twitch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Asus announces a trio of adaptive sync gaming monitors. Okay. So FreeSync. Adaptive Sync is the standard on which FreeSync is built. So they're not FreeSync certified. They're not FreeSync certified, which they is should odd. still work. They should still work. Yeah, as long as they integrate Adaptive Sync completely. Yeah, and correctly, 
It's worth it not putting it out on box. AMD's FreeSync would so it'll work on AMD GPUs. It won't work on NVIDIA GPUs. Wouldn't sure. it be awesome if we, you know, Pascal was released and it supported adaptive sync? It would be very nice, <laughs> actually. Do you see that happening though? I'm putting I'm putting the, the thoughts out there. Uh, we could put them out there all we want. I Positive just don't think vibes it's in the universe. I think I think they'll do it. I think like 20, I think NVIDIA's going to do it. Twenty cents a gig. And it's 10, 10 cents, cents a gig. gig. We've already crossed 20 cents 10 a cents gig. 10 cents a gig and, and uh, Pascal and adaptive sync support. Um, I'm not going to say Pascal. I'm going to say by the end of 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll put both of those on. End of 2016, 10 cents per gig. Okay. GPUs and adaptive sync SSDs. I will update the pool. Yeah, please do that. All right. Uh, Jeremy, anything in particular stand out here about these monitors? Or uh, we're looking at fairly standard new feature sets, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, from the response rate they describe on the uh, larger one, uh, at one millisecond, it's probably going to be a TN panel, uh, yeah, which upsets have to be. many, many people. Yeah. yeah. The others are uh, IPS, as you would pretty much hope. So it, they're nice. Uh, they keep going with their 144 megahertz, their 144 hertz Ooh, uh, upper limit. They've got the... Uh, you wouldn't need adaptive anything. <laughs> <laughs> They've still got their Game Plus, which I don't know that you guys have played with, um, which is nice because you can tweak with the monitor and the on-screen display as opposed to having to get right into it to play with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it looks like there's, there's a 28-inch TN 4K. Yeah. And then there is a 24... There are two 24-inches. Um, one's a 4K, one's a 1080. Right. Yeah. A 24 inch 4K is a little. It's a little crowded. It's a little much. Yeah. I feel. It seems a little miserable for Windows Desktop. If yeah. That 250 percent scaling is going to have to come back into play. I feel like. Yeah. Um, for sure there. But uh, rounding out the lineup here, so you know, like getting variable refresh and more stuff is always good. Sure. So uh, we we support. I mean, display that. should come with just either one or the other at this point, really. Like, Pretty much. Or both. Oh. Or both. <laughs> yeah. Computex coming up. Yeah. yeah. Again, I don't know anything about this. I'm just putting it out there so somebody will. You're just hoping. Someone's bound to do it just at some point. Have right? it so you can go into a firmware and it reboots the monitor and get yeah. the controller. You could do it. That could be a thing. Uh, IDF Shenzhen, Intel's demos 3D cross point Optane file copy. What's interesting about this? Uh, that it's a really bad demo. That's the interesting part? Well, so, you know, they showed a copy over Thunderbolt 3 to an external connected, right. uh, assuming it's also NVMe device, Ooh, probably like PCIe by 4, just bridged over uh, so what are Thunderbolt about? 3. At IDF in China, uh, somebody they, they, from Intel was on stage, did, like they were talking about... They talked about cross-point, cross-point in general, like right, how it works. new storage tech. And the, the, actually, the video is kind of interesting to watch, the at least the first half of it, because they're showing like uh, kind of this... Nifty, this is Rob Crook. This nifty, like, 3D virtual or, like, augmented reality. Yeah, the stuff here. But they show kind of, like, how the bits are written in red. They don't show it in super, super detail, but they give you the general kind of, like, sure. you know, simple visualization of how does it happen, right? So that part of it's cool. And, you know, they're showing uh, that Oh, earlier in there, they're talking about their 3D NAND. Actually, and then they move to the cross point. So in that same video, you have a little bit of 3D NAND, and then you have some cross point and like floating tablets and stuff, here, and here you you know, stuff on the screen. So, Look at uh, it. you know, they show the cross point, how it works, how it's laid out, that kind of thing. Sure. And then they go to a demo. Yep. And they've showed, uh, they've demonstrated cross point in the past at IDF. Actually, the IDF that you were at, mm-hmm. IDF 2015. 
right? Because the pictures from the article came from your phone, I, I believe, from the audience. Okay. At that event, right? Um, which yeah, I, I cited, which I cited in this thing, as you know, they showed very large differences then, right? They sh- they were showing like 4K random performance versus an, a NAND equivalent. Like here, you have an NVMe NAND versus NVMe crosspoint. We'll look at the difference in like Q depth of one random IO, and it was like you know ten more than ten times faster or right. something like that. It was insane difference, right? This demo they decided to just do sequential transfer to a thing that might be bottlenecked in other places in the chain. Like they were, it was connected over Thunderbolt three to an adapter to, like I assume PCI by four um, for the cross points of this demo, and then like the for for the NAND comparison, they compared it to a SATA. SSD, which is not even a fair equivalent comparison. Like you're comparing a PCI by four thing right. to an, a SATA device. You're comparing right? the most future storage we can think of, right? With the most mundane implementation yeah. of Flash yeah. today. And then the other thing is that since I think there are bottlenecks elsewhere in the Optane side of the demo, like that, I think that two gigabyte per second limit yeah. that they saw, yeah, I. I don't, I think Optane can go faster than this. I'm pretty sure Optane can pretty much saturate four PCIe lanes yeah. um, in sequential. So it just seems like that part was bottlenecked. But because of that, if you actually know Intel's NAND SSD lines, like we've tested a year over a year ago or a year ago now, like P3700 mm-hmm. goes two gig per second. A P3700 is a PCI Express-based NAND SSD Flash yes. SSD, yes. A, a it would be the same cons- kind of connection. Like a, a data center, like an enterprise class. Sure, sure. But then again, so is Optane. Sure. Right? Like Optane's going to be marketed more for enterprise yeah. kind of stuff, right? So it was just, I mean, it was. I guess it was a good idea on paper for somebody to try to just, they just wanted to show it working. It shows the right? biggest difference if you don't exactly know what's going on. You look at 500 megs to right. two, 2 gigabytes, you go, oh my God. Yeah, it looks like, wow, that's like so much better. But it was just, it was kind of a poor choice for a demo so yeah i just hope their next demo like just go back to the random io stuff or show other things or show it actually like what's the true kind of sequential you can get on pcie by four or something you know they just i just yeah, wish here, they here's the picture i took from idf right where they're talking about Optane, and this iops measurement is the piece uh the p3700 running eighty four thousand iops eighty five thousand iops yep Versus versus uh, four hundred sixty four thousand IOPS. Yeah, and that's three uh, D crosspoint early SSD. And I think that was the Q depth eight. It is number Q depth eight. Yeah, yeah. So that's like you know a reasonably loaded down yeah. uh, workload and like yeah, it's just obviously there's good advantages there. And it was just when you do a demo like this, like there was a register article that came out, then they just kind of poo pooed all over Optane because of that demo, like the new one. Yeah, and it seems just, like a poor decision. Yeah. Seems like a poor decision. Uh, NZXT, helping the Earth, uh, if you will. When was Earth Day? Is that um, coming up, or does that already happen? Every day's Earth Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> right? Noted. Unless you hang out on Mars. Josh right. is the biggest Earth supporter. Earth. Uh, welcome to Earth. It's where I keep all my stuff. Yeah, <clears> well, <throat> I keep all mine here, too. On the Earth? On Earth. Yeah, okay. on Earth. Uh, NZXT announces a partnership with the Human IT for Earth Day Recycling Program. This is not just on you, Earth you, Day. You asked when Earth Day is. It's literally like the fifth I saw word that as soon as I clicked over to it. 
I, look, this is me trying to engage the other people on this podcast to actually talk about. Oh, yeah. Ryan, that's coming up. It's on uh, the twenty second, which is uh, you know. I'm glad you know Friday. What that is. Friday. I didn't know what Earth Day is. It's, it's the, the first line in the, the first article line of the he's article. showing. Well, he's giving me crap. Uh, yeah. You stay over there. Hit those buttons and things. <laughs> well, don't give him crap. Give VenzyXT your crap. Or, well, rather give, hum- what is it, humanity? Or is it uh, human IT? Yours uh, is probably better. I see the joke now. Yeah. No, I looked at it. But it could be human uh, IT because it's like human information technology. Sure, like yeah. we're trying to humanize it. We're trying to make it good for humans uh-huh. on Earth. Human, uh, to make human IT. It. Oh, IT. the humanity. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah. that. Uh-huh. I actually don't know the answer to that. So what's the deal here, Jeremy? What are they, what are they setting up? Well, I admit it. You've got crap. I might. You might call it legacy hardware. You might call it, yeah, I'm planning <laughs> on doing something with it someday. Be honest, it's crap. One of the problems is it's a pain in the arse to recycle because you've either got to get someone to come to you or you've got to take it somewhere. So the NZXT is starting this program on Earth Day. It's not going to end. You take a picture. Unless, of course, uh, the of your, sweet meteor of death decides to come and visit us. Uh, fingers crossed, Josh. Fingers yeah. crossed. Right, so you take a picture of your stuff. You describe the stats uh, uh, of well, the, the equipment and whether it works or not. Right. They will immediately, within a day, tell you whether it's accepted or not. If it's accepted, they will ship you a box. You then load your crap into the box and ship it back to them. And if your stuff works, you get a 15% off coupon for any purchase of NZXT stuff. If your crap doesn't work, you still get 10% off. So not only do you get rid of all of that stuff that's <laughs> sitting there just collecting dust, you, you don't have to put much effort into it, and there's a good chance you're going to get some money back on it. So it seems like a no-brainer. The only thing I couldn't see on this was where do they ship from? I don't know if it's U.S. only or not. I'm going to say U.S. only for now. I think so for now. Yeah. I mean, man, shipping international is super expensive. Yep. Oh, shit. Now, let me click over here to this uh, this page. You know, it's shipping to Canada kind of blows because I, I shipped uh, your pants like $150 worth <laughs> of computer gear uh-huh. up there, and I paid $36 well, to ship. They had to pay $50 in taxes and That's because you don't know how to ship. you got to write, it's a gift. Yeah, you dummy. Not for I retail did as a gift. That's the crazy it's, thing. It's worth one dollar. Yeah, what you everything say. I ship is worth one dollar. Well, apparently, <laughs> your friend is a little too honest. I mean, I'm sorry. Please don't right. check up on I me. Gotta... Uh, did we lose did Josh? Did you say something? Uh, uh, I'm still here. I said sorry, Hewlett. It got too quiet. It happened. <laughs> I don't even care that much about the discount code. Just someone to take all my crap. Do they? Yeah. Well, that's, do, that's do the they benefit. pay for shipping? Yes. You get a box with a prepaid envelope. Oh, they send you Boom. a box You're too. Gone. Oh man, I'm gonna do yeah, no, it's stuff. like the stupidest, like easiest thing. Relatively new, you but I do just this don't with want R nine two nineties. Yeah. What about all those cases in the closet? Yeah. If they send me a box that I can put that those cases in, I will gladly. You don't need to move to into a church anymore. <laughs> we'll clear this place out. <laughs> all three of those shelves will be gone tomorrow. Or you could just all build three. something for fifteen percent off. For 15% off of a case from NZXT uh, <laughs> that I don't want to buy because I just filled the closet again. Damn it. Uh, let's talk about a couple more things, Alan. Western Digital announced the 8 terabyte gold data center hard drive. Yeah, it's a new line. They're, look, at it, look at it. They're kind of going to. So, that's not Josh. There you go. It's so gold. 
So I'm in rose gold too. No, gold finger. Are they painting the platters gold and putting windows in? Uh, no, lame. No. Um. So what they are doing, from the looks of it, uh, because the if you uh, have a keen eye, the model number carries over from what was the six terabyte RE. So the RE series is just not going to be an RE now it's series anymore. Gold? It's going to roll into the gold series. Probably gold, the same. Gold? Probably the same for the four terabyte model and any other RE series models. You know, rolled gold is pretty good. Well, it yeah. is. Um, as opposed to Ken, who rolls cold. It's salty. Not as good as Molson Golden, though. <laughs> All right, so Wilson, imagine Wilson. everything up to six terabyte from the RE series, which was seventy two hundred RPM yep. enterprise drives, just becomes gold. And then they also add an eight terabyte capacity, which, as you might guess, is going to be an HE eight. Yep. Uh, kind of, but except you know, imagine the red eight terabyte, but now spinning at seventy two hundred RPM and having all of the enterprise features enabled. Right. So if you buy this, will you become a member of the gold member? Only if you touch the drive. Maybe. Um, Mm. So there's actually some better benefits than you might think over the other, like, RE series drives. There's some IP that uh, Western Digital gets from Mm. HDST that goes into what was the HE8 on the HDST side. It had this thing called Media Cache Technology, which is basically, like, it has different sectors kind of or different tracks interleaved with the main storage tracks on the drive okay. and it can kind of uh do what an SSD does for random writes it can like kind of write combine to some extent hmm. on those interleaved tracks so if you're hitting the drive with continuous random writes um it can basically do that at like supposedly twice the performance of hmm. a drive that wasn't doing that is that new is this to this good? gold series? That would be new to this Western Digital drive of any kind. Okay. Um, but it was a feature that was in the HE8. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Um, and I believe the H- HE6 as well. I think it was like just an HDST technology that they put in their enterprise line. Um, so that'll be interesting. Are we doing an exchange server near you? Um, yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see. Um, and there's a whole, you know, all the stuff where it's a helium sealed drive. You, you don't have to worry about dedicated atmosphere. premium support line and WD gold model numbers. Yeah. I think they kind of already did a support line thing. I just don't think they advertised it for RE cause RE was more. Let's call them right now. Well, I, I think they probably didn't want to be a company that sold <laughs> HE drives and RE and XE and SE drives. Cause that's just confusing. Cause well, one means way different. Th- there was that. And I think, so some of these other models have already kind of gone away because like the xe was like their uh, their enterprise version of the velociraptor mm-hmm. right their enterprise line of the velociraptor so the velociraptor i don't even think you can get anymore right even if you wanted to i don't oh. think it's a yeah, thing but anymore what if the drive identifies as xe uh what do you mean that it can't use the bathroom <laughs> in north carolina oh yep. okay <laughs> um i get it i relevant Kind of, yeah. Timely joke, Josh. Timely joke. Good job. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so... And in poor taste, as usual. <laughs> so the, the XE drives, like, they're not even listed yeah. on Western Digital's site anymore. They weren't listed oh. on them even before this press release went up. Okay. Um, and uh, I would imagine that the SE and the RE... Like, the SE is probably just going to kind of give you, give way to the red. Because now you have helium 8 terabyte reds that basically do the same thing that the SE did. Kinda. So SE will probably go away, and RE is becoming gold. So there you have it. It you know 
consolidate some lines, make things easier. Okay. You know. Then we'll have the SEXE drives. Ugh, sexy. Uh, okay, so that's that's the Western Digital Gold. Yep. Say less exciting than I maybe thought. I thought the name was going to be like what gold plated platters or something. Yeah, like the gold's not magnetic. I, so, just just, just spray paint it. Yeah. Oh. Well, even the outside of it could be gold. <laughs> well, the label will be gold. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. The label will the have red a bar, of gold. The red bar at the top yeah, of the bottom. It'll be a but gold. I want the drive. Gold. That'd be pretty oh, funny. If they made gold the drive gold. Yeah, I would get windows. I don't even care if it's hard... plated. Just. Just what if they put windows in hard drive? Well, listen, it's aluminum. And you just made the window gold tinted. They should anodize it gold. Yeah, yeah it's, they've it's, done it's a, that. It's an aluminum enclosure for a drive. It's it's sealed, so you could send it off. Well, have it. well the 8 terabyte is sealed. If yeah. it's sealed, I could just spray paint it myself, right? It's true. Well, yeah. Oh, no, get some uh, well, I really want foil. To, you run it anodized. You don't want to just spray paint it. And it's, spray paint's cheaper. Okay. Whatever. So we'll do that. Okay. Uh, up next, Drobo Access uh, enables SSL. Excuse me, uh, choking up over the story. Enables SSL <laughs> encrypted remote file access for uh, two of their Drobo devices, the 5N and the B810N. Um, one of them being a 5-bay network attached device, the other one being an 8-bay network attached device. Yes. So what is Drobo Access? This is a way for you to access your files on your Drobo when you are not with your Drobo? Correct. Like from outside of your network. In other words, just somewhere else, right? Imagine it's like Drobo, it's Drobo's version of kind of like Dropbox or even Transporter, if you want to think about right. it that way, right? Yeah. Um, Which was a company they own. Uh, yeah, but I think they kind of split again. Yeah, I think they spun back out. They, they spun they back really? off again. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. Oh, so there's, I mean, there's there's Drobo apps that are supported on those NAS style yep. devices that those Drobo has, for a while. right? And it's, you know, third party can make their own things. There's actually a surprising number of things that are on there, um, you know, in that respect. Uh, there's even, like, yeah. own cloud, which is kind of like the same kind of thing, but it's a third-party app, right? So these are Drobo-supported apps that are more, you know, developed by Drobo, not third-party, that kind of thing. Um, the interesting thing I find about all of those uh, my Drobo-supported apps is that all of them have end-to-end SSL encryption for the link. Okay. Um, so in other words, you want to, you have to have your Drobo like registered with the company first, cause they're not just going to like start generating SSL, giving you SSL keys, which is actually kind of a compute intensive thing to do sure. and, like registration and all this, all these and hoops. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a pain in the butt to set up. Right. But in this case, it's not, you just, you just have to be registered with Drobo. In other words, for like you register for your warranty, right? That's the only stipulation. And then you install the, my Drobo app. And then you install either the Drobo Access or they also have Koken, which is like a photo website thing you could put up if you wanted to, to okay. share your photos out. Or WordPress, if you wanted a WordPress blog, right? There's those so are your three WordPress, options. WordPress off of your Drobo. Yeah. So the Drobo, that's actually a Drobo app too. But the thing I focused on for this piece was the brand new thing, which is Drobo Access. But any of those three, you basically choose a subdomain name. And if it's not taken, they give you a... SSL 2K cert. They they do it all in the background. It takes like ten seconds. So if you wanted to have PC per uh, or Josh Tech dot HTTPS yeah. Josh Tech dot com. Sorry, yes. Yeah, you could have no Josh Tech dot and, and it, and it would be, So it would be HTTPS yeah. to get there, right? right. And it would like it, it just how seamless they just do the cert. It gets sent to your Drobo in the background. It all basically you click like two boxes and type in a name you want. 
and it just does all this stuff. And then okay. just going to that URL suddenly gets you to that service on your Drobo. So pretty cool idea, right? Um, we're working on some speed issues that it looks like they have because they run a all relay traffic server. has to go through their server and then out again it has because to go through, of the SSL encryption. Yes, but they do. Yeah. They have told me it's like a 10 gigabit server and like it's supposed to be pretty quick stuff like that but we weren't seeing full speed yet and we're they're troubleshooting basically so we weren't even seeing 10 megabit yeah we we weren't seeing 10 megabit hmm. anyway i mean it so that it could work out it could be pretty cool yeah it's kind of yeah, like had so, some nasty problems with it too didn't you uh there weren't no it wasn't nasty problems it's just like the app is a little clunky right now but it's like the first version of the so app for is there iOS you mentioned and, dropbox in this is there a way for me to so if i if I have a different PC, if I'm at home, right. we had one here. Do I access it strictly through the web? Is there a standalone application for the PC that I use to access files? Not like Dropbox, not yet. Okay, so it's just accessing files through the web yeah, for it's, now it's or not a, through any of those other third-party apps. It's not a sync. Apps. Right. It's not sure. a sync. It's, it's very much like a, oh, crap, I need that one file off of Well, the, even if it like I could access it as if I were local to it type of thing. Not yet. Okay. No, there's an app for iOS and Android. You can open, you can like read files mm-hmm. just to access them, and that's nothing more than just clicking through the file structure and just tapping on the thing, and it just opens it, right? Are any um, of the other Drobo apps maybe kind of doing anything like that? Yeah, there's other ones like OwnCloud, and um, I think there's another. There's like a whole section of file sharing. Now, would those apps. take advantage of the SSL? No pathway yet. No, not yet. Okay. No, that's the thing. Like, and and if it did, you might have to get that SSL cert on your own. Gotcha. And pay money, gotcha. stuff like that. So, you know, the, the, Drobo just tries to make their whole thing is like as far as the drives. If a drive fails, a light turns red. You know which one to do. Like everything's supposed to be super sure. as easy as possible, right? So, I'm just surprised that they made an SSL registration and application to a subdomain and everything just happened so seamlessly. Okay. Know. So kudos to them for that part. And then they still gotta like work on some other parts, obviously. But they're getting there, right? Yeah. All right. It's a cool thing. Uh, so let's get to our hardware. So, and... so I've got to ask. Okay, what? you may. Must ask. Must. What happened to the Johnny Sheen news? Oh, I didn't hey, see I that. I posted there. that. Yeah, you did. Uh, uh, our longtime friend and uh, fan of PC Perspective, Johnny. Johnny Sheen. Was she? he a fan or were we a fan of him? Oh, he was obviously a fan of us. We quoted him I so mean, much. Obviously. He was. He the CEO okay, of Asus. Can, chairman, well, let's bring this back. It makes, chairman. It makes it sound like nine, he nine died. Years. Thank you. What? No, he did a, yeah, the, We're making it sound like he died. Well, the post was very sad, the, too. The, wor- the, the words new life are actually in the title. That is true. No, but we didn't say the title of the article yet. We just said, like, we're going to miss Johnny C. Well, <laughs> we, we are, are going to miss him. He is resigning, apparently. Is this a confirmed thing now, Jeremy, or is this still no. a... It's not, still a rumor. Not a confirmed. Uh, well, it's based on the fact that they're looking for a new chairman. Uh, so, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Maybe so you can get work at Intel. There's a LinkedIn job opening is what you're saying. You know, and, if you go yeah, to so we'll asus.com slash jobs. Go to brewraytechnology.com. Oh, yeah. It's kind of sad. But so it, the chairman is, uh, uh, of asus... Johnny Shi, who uh, well known throughout our podcast fans uh, <laughs> for his stage presence, I'll say accent, uh, looks like he's going to be resigning, quitting, retiring, whatever you want to call it. Um, and Josh was very saddened by this news. Um, Moving on to Brewer I if it's Pastures, going to change. 
Is it going to change the pricing of Asus products? It will. They're actually going to end in 96 now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like it if everybody just ended in a zero. And there will be no more thank yous at the keynotes. Thank you. It'll be thank, thank me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, just think of all the different no, flexions we'll have be, to emulate. It'll be thank Johnny. Yeah, yeah. True. They, they'll, always, they'll always have a nod back towards Johnny. Uh, so now we'll get onto our picks of the week. Uh, mine is kind of fun. This is it counts as software, I guess. It's software in a car. Uh, this is you can uh, if you have Tesla with autopilot, <laughs> you can make it drive on the Rainbow Road, um, and also it plays the more cowbell section of the SNL skit yeah. of Blue Oyster Cult. Yes, it plays like for a- about four seconds. Yeah. Right, so if you're driving in autopilot and you hit the little wand thing four more times, it actually changes the pathway your car is driving on. Along with more cowbell. Along, yeah, it puts this colorful pattern on there. Uh, and apparently, even when you change lanes, and uh, it plays the more cowbell. Yeah. Donk, 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 donk. Yeah. It's probably maybe it's like three to se- four it's seconds. It's like a two-second yeah, sample. It's not, it's not very long. But uh, and I've also yeah. noticed when I when I've done it that it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't do it at the volume of your of your stereo. It does right. it as a set volume that's fairly low. Yeah. So if you didn't have if you have the windows down or something like that, you can't. Actually. The next thing it should do is clear up is queue up. Don't fear the reaper because that's exactly what you want to listen to. It. Yeah, true. after you hear the cowbell start, you want to actually listen to the full. It's song like oh no, I got gotcha. you. It should be like I got gotcha. you. Yeah. You just hit. Play. Also, I will tell you uh, they don't show here, but the the animation of the colors slows down and speeds up as your car slows up and slows down. <laughs> so if you're stopped, you get this colored rainbow pattern that's just it still. There. And as, you, as, it's, as the car starts to move, it slowly moves with it. Um, so they actually spent more time than they, they should have time on this. to integrate that. And this was all uh, – this was after Elon Musk's um, tweet about activate autopilot four times in quick succession for psychedelic cowbell road. Yeah. They can't call it rainbow road because that's – that's a Nintendo so thing, and it keeps yeah. and it keeps going until you kill your until autopilot. You st- until yeah, like yeah, yeah. The it will or- go on for as long as it's yeah. But the music won't. The music no, no, so no. It just sits there and just, just animates this rainbow road. We're out. Well, the real question is: Yeah, are, are red lights an in-app purchase? <laughs> like, like, if you want to see a red light coming up, is, is that something you got to pay extra? Not for? yet. Uh, I would pay extra for that for sure. Uh, when you activate that DLC, does police start playing? The yeah, <laughs> I would even I would even like red lights the like a notification like just as like the warning like the collision yeah. warning like because you're about to run a red light. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like, although I don't know how not for autopilot to that stop. That seems it. like a legal mess. Well, no, no, I, mean, I don't mean for autopilot to stop at the red light. I mean for just as a beep warning to alert you. Like, yeah, yeah, but when does it beep? If like, it thinks there's a red light, you're about to run. Are, yeah, but like, at, at what, what's the threshold? The that? same thing for a collision. I don't know. Yeah, same thing as if you were going to collide. You're going to end up in the middle of the intersection if you don't stop braking now. But or like, start braking now, right? Not to auto brake, but to warn you. At you can also time. do that for stop signs. Too. At, at, also, yeah. I bet it's not a fixed time interval. They can't tell that. You're going to end up in the middle of the like the amount, the amount of, unless the, you started braking then. The amount of time a traffic light spends in yellow is not a fixed interval. Right, right. It have to be for it to be red. Yeah, actually red. Yeah, but if the like, well, if it's it's it knows that you're like, oops, sorry, no way, you're stopping for that. Then it just doesn't warn you because it knows you're going to blow the red light. No, so so it doesn't know when it's going to go from yellow to red. It doesn't know exactly yeah, sure. when the flip is going to happen. So how can it warn you? It can warn you when the light is red. Yeah, if you're driving and you don't see a red light. Yeah, why do you need a warning if the light's red? Just look up. Well, pretty much any time that I have, but you're blown watching through the a red rainbow light, road. Anytime I've blown through yeah, a red light, it has been the road. red for a while. 
and I just yeah didn't notice it was red. Yeah. Thank God, in the very few times in my life, that I'm that's making happened. a citizen's arrest right now. <laughs> Why are you running recorded? red lights all the time? It's not an all the time thing, but just like, like just, just like just like if statute of limitations is up since the, the last time I the ran a red collision light. avoidance stuff on this car, any other car that has it, like yeah. it beeps and alerts you when. It, it says, hey, you need to pay attention. You're coming up on a car quicker than you should. Yeah. It's the same thing. Now, like, you might hit that car. The same. Or same, you same might situation. run that red light. I think probably what it comes down it's to not is you the might con- run that red light. It's you would be running that red I mean, light. I mean, obviously, yeah. if, it, if it changes, I know what you're talking about. And if it changes to red, like, just like it's. No, he's you know, saying you would want it to alert you if there's a yellow. Uh, right. But that would be impossible. Yeah, um, that would be too hard. It to wouldn't do. be impossible. Right, especially if you're telling it not to stop you, if you're just telling it to alert you. Sure. Yeah. And besides, it's not a good idea, Ken, because the second someone sees the yellow light, that means go faster. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. That was my point. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an interesting thing, but it's more of a computer vision issue, I think, for anything like recognizing yeah. a red light when there are brake lights everywhere. That is, that's true yeah. too. Lights. Yeah. 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 Uh, that that's probably what the issue is. Well, it's um, a, it's a, at a different altitude. <laughs> unless if there's a hill. Yeah. Right. How about a bus? It's true. A bus that or you're real bus. close to. <laughs> like that you're about <laughs> to come really in contact with, and it should alert you. But it's doing that alert based on well, radar and sonar. Yeah. Not uh, uh, lights or whatever. So. Anyway. You're about to run into a school bus, run a red light, or be abducted by aliens. We're not sure, but we're going to be One of those things, but beep, 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 you beep. You should beep, hit beep, the brakes. Beep. Yeah. We Regardless. should probably stop this car now. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, moving on. Jeremy. Uh, I found a decent deal for us Canucks. Uh, the i5-4690K, which is perhaps not the best thing on the market, but at 290 bucks Canadian, is actually a serious discount. Yeah. The caveat is, buy it now. you got about three hours left because it's one of those Amazon Flash specials. Sorry, everybody listening on the downloaded version of the podcast. This is why you should sign up for our mailing list and come watch us live. That's true. Because That's true. you just missed out on a deal. It's not bad. So if you're looking at doing an upgrade because, you know, you're looking at, eh, I got one upgrade to VR and I want some nice USB 3 support. I'm, I'm looking at a new system. That's a pretty decent price for up here. It's about tree fitty American. About tree fitty. Yeah, I mean, well, oh. it'll cost less than yes. that in American too. Four twenty. Three dollars and fifty cents. About four twenty American dollars. Uh, Josh, we can. By the way, we can make that joke for ten minutes mm-hmm. here in the Eastern times. <sighs> Hopefully, my internet <clears throat> holds up. But you know what? Not everybody needs the highest end power supply. Yes. HEC makes a really solid unit. That uh, I've I've experienced their products before, Ooh, and it was one of the most stable power supplies I had in the between the 2000 and 2005 era. But uh, for 32 bucks and a 400 water, it's a nice deal. It's well made. It's well ventilated, and you know what? Not everybody needs the biggest, greatest, and uh, most efficient. This works nice for a lot of folks. <laughs> Customers who view this also view the Samsung 950 Pro Series 512 PCIe NVMe M2. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, they obviously have available for significantly more money. Yeah, I'm sure this is a very nice power supply. It just kind of looks like a piece of crap. Only it looks like an included power supply. Wow, the power supply is turning into an iPad. What? Moving on, Alan. 
So I, you know, I saw that faster iPad Pro thing in the smaller form factor that's not a freaking table and decided to get one. And it kind of grew on me. At first I was like, eh, I don't know, but, you know. Wait, what the hell? You were going to return it? I was. Like literally days ago. I was. But then and I started then what? But then I started doing stuff on it and it was like, like it's what pretty did, dang fast. What'd you do on it? Tell just, me what just, you did on it that made it side fa- by made side it like fast. you can work on I can work on article drafts like in Word with side by side with like the website up. Oh, come on, it was Defense Grid, wasn't it? On iPad? I don't, I don't know. know. No. Could be on there. Uh, if it is, I don't know. I don't so think so. So you think you you're this is faster. So that's why you yeah, like it, and the extra the extra RAM that it has lets it. I mean, it lets it do the two at a time stuff, and it's actually actually practical. And the two you're talking about side by side, side by side stuff, yeah. And the regular iPad doesn't do that. No. no. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. If the iPad, iPad Air two does it. Yeah, the iPad Air two absolutely does side by side. I'm not talking like just the simple little swipe we're, it in a no, little No, we're bit. talking about the same thing you're talking about. Okay, well this it was added just with the less with the less software. This by definition has to do it faster than the Air two. <laughs> Uh, by definition, yes, because it has a yes, faster it has, processor. It, yes, yes, it has more processor. And more RAM, I believe, as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So Apple users can experience the joy of a side-by-side error as well. Anyway, and the uh, speakers are pretty dang good on this. Yeah, they're supposed yeah. to be, right? Yeah. Supposed to be, the four, are there four has, of them yeah, on this one, four, or just four of them on the there's, other there's one? four speakers, okay. and, I, and I tested it. Four I speaker audio. found something that just played, like, only on the left side. And like as you rotate it, it actually fades, cross fades the audio to the correct like when speakers you're, when on the left and right. When it detects the, yeah, it follows like the when orientation. When the video changes, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the screen changes rather. Um, but I mean, it can get like I just had it sitting on the table, just like playing some music, and I mean, it's like it's getting to pretty good, you know, for a freaking iPad. Yeah. Right. Like, did you get the keyboard for it? Not yet. So you're telling me you're working on article drafts on this thing without yeah. the keyboard attachment? For now, I really want the keyboard. That you make know it, what you should get? That would make me, it significantly easier. Let me easier. interest you in a laptop. Oh, well. I just reviewed a great, inexpensive. I have one here. Yeah, yeah. You have one here? Yeah, I do have it, one well, here. You don't have to wait for the keyboard to come That's in. true. It's true. <laughs> I know. Oh, and that has a trackpad and a cursor. Yeah, I know. But you don't like the clicky sounds, so, you know. It's not my laptop. It's for you. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. How much, how much more is this me. than an iPad Air 2? Uh, it's the same I price think. as the iPad Air 2 was. Yeah. Okay. But how, so how it's much is an iPad Air 2? It's 100 bucks difference, I think. It's 400 versus 500 now, I think. Yeah. And this I got starts it. at 500 bucks? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. It's a pretty reasonable price for what it is. If okay. you're going to buy an iPad, The only gripe I have sure, with it... If you're going to buy an iPad... Probably, I would agree with you. The, the only gripe I have with it five ninety nine is what this starts at. That the camera sticks out the back and it does so further than an iPhone six. Really? Does. Yes. Yeah. So that starts at five ninety nine. The iPad Air two starts at click four ninety nine. Uh, three ninety nine. So there's two hundred dollar difference. But I think it comes with more storage on the base model. Or so. I thought there was Maybe. something that made it. Yeah, the iPad Air Not 2 much. starts at 399 So, and you can get it in they, silver, gold, or space gray. They reduced that, though, when... Yeah, when this one, came, one out. came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well... I mean, I, I am flabbergasted. I saw that link in there. I was like, oh, he must be telling... He was going to tell everybody not to buy one of these. No, no. Totally no. changed. It's, I mean, you have to... So, the, 
what, what I I had the original Air, yep. right? So the generation before the one you have, sure, right? And uh, that thing was just kind of slow, even like when I got it. To me, what are you just, talking how about? Can, how can no? It really, it no, really just felt no. It was not slow. It was the fastest iPad I that had existed. I get it. it. Okay, I don't know what you're talking. But about. You know, like, if you're splitting hairs, I'm pissing off. But oh god, no. But to do okay, this, we're done. To do the stuff I wanted to do on it, like office apps and stuff like that, they just did not perform that well on that one. That hurting my head a lot. Okay. Anyway. All right, that's it. The end of the show. We're done. Yeah. We're not even... There's no closing. No. 420. That's it. Yeah, we gotta get out of here before midnight. Otherwise, we're being 420. I'm already blazed out. That's it. I could tell. You you felt like that the whole episode. Uh, PCPro.com slash podcast, everybody. PCPro.com slash... That's it. Just just the website. Go there and see all the stuff that we posted. Uh, This is Ken's last official week here. He says he's gonna come back and do the podcast deal. Is that still the case? Ironically, maybe not next week. We'll see. Yeah, I, told you I might have something going chair. on next week. Yeah, I know. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Look, Alan's changed his mind about his iPads. Yep. Ken's changed his mind about coming back to do podcasts already. I'm just doors locked through me. Change tomorrow. Uh, that is how about, it. How about I change my mind about being irrational? Irrational or rational? Irrational. Yes. No. It sounds boring. Yeah. yeah. Either way, it's fine. At this point, whatever. Uh, we will be here in some capacity next week regardless uh, with another episode of our show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walbreth. And I'm Alan Mamatop. Bye. So tired. Bye.